Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. We don't always swear, but when we do, it's on podcasts. Please listen responsibly. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. He's back! Yay! He does love us! <laughs> I only came back because I, I was starving and there was no food in the wild. <laughs> and today we're reading chapter four of The Will of the Empress. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. In, in chapter four, the gang finally arrives at the home of Ambrose, I suppose, which is Sandry's cousin. So they've gotten to Namorin. They're settling into their new home for the time being. Friar is batting his eyelashes at every girl in sight that is not his sister. What a dog. is absolutely horrified by the revolting displays of wealth, but she is happy to live in her tower and stay there. Ambrose, Sandry's cousin, is not there when they arrive because he had to run out for some emergency. They all kind of go off and do their own thing. Tris hangs out with Chime in her tower watching whatever she can see on the breezes and complains to Chime about Briar Bat and his eyelashes at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so then, the next day, shortly after midnight, Briar goes to the kitchen to get a snack, also a quote-unquote snack. Ambrose arrives. on good terms with the cook. Briar is already on good terms with the cook, and so as soon as Ambrose arrives, she starts bossing him around to set the table, which he does. And then Briar and Ambrose start talking. He uh, claims to be respectable and reformed, to which the cook laughs. And then, of course, we get back onto the topic of sex. And as Ambrose is talking to Briar about being a responsible, I guess, sexual partner, responsible sexual partner, Sandry walks in and they have their little conversation. Hello, cousin, blah, blah. Briar's like, I am really surprised that she knew that he was here and realizes that she has built a 
web of magic throughout the whole house. So she knows where everybody is at all times. And he realizes that he has been very lax in his study of magic lately. And uh, he should get back to that. Ambrose suggests that Briar and Sandry are going to hook up. Sandry says, oh, no, no, that would be very awkward. And then he says, well, people at court are going to want you to hook up. And she says, I don't really care because I'm not staying for all that long, which surprises Ambrose because he warns her the Empress is going to want her to stay, be a pretty lady in her court to decorate with. Sandry insists, oh no, uh, I'm sure she's got a head on her shoulders. She'll understand when the time comes for not staying. (laughs) (laughs) She sure will. She'll be very understanding and let her go free. It'll be fine. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Uh, what did you guys like and dislike about this chapter? Right from the get-go, when Dodge was like, I knew Sandry was wealthy, right? And she thought she could handle it, but she wasn't sure she could handle like this. It's this just enormous fucking house with like marble and like super polished wood floors and stuff. Like, because she has money. Bri- Briar's also got money, even though he doesn't talk about it, but... This is a lot. It's a lot. And I like it's interesting to hear Dodge, you know, give us kind of her perspective on the amount of wealth Sandry actually has. Because I think we've all kind of, you know, had the idea. We know she's royalty, but she definitely doesn't flaunt it. Like she doesn't flaunt the, the monetary aspects. Of it. But uh, clearly, you know, it's not just a little tiny position, you know. In, in a mourn, it's it's kind of a big chunk. And Dodge is just uh, not, not sure if she can handle that. And I feel like we get some of that of Sandry not flaunting her wealth in the scenes with Sandry in this chapter also. Just the fact mm. that she tells Ambrose, oh no, please just call me Sandry. If you have to use niceties at court, call me Lady Sandry. Unless we're in a place where you have to do that, it's just Sandry, please. She only, she only pulls out the royal stuff when she has to get on someone's back over something. Basically, yeah. And <laughs> um, <laughs> shows that she hasn't necessarily changed because of specifically that. I mean, she has, but not on that kind of deep fundamental level. And so I think that's why it kind of takes Daja by surprise. It's just... Also, I just want to be like, Triss, Daja, because they've been all this bullshit about, well, you're royalty and you're just, you just want us to be like, your poor peasant family that people can look at or whatever. And I'm like, are you paying attention to anything Sandry says it does in this chapter? Like, do you really think that she's that person? She, Because I don't feel like she's ever acted that way, except like to spite someone else that's also loyal. Right. Something that I really like just in the way she treats those people. Like you, you don't have to know anything about the Empress other than like what we've seen. Everybody's a pawn to kind of like manipulate into her court like she says as much when she's like ah i can get daja this way i can get tris this way they're all puns for her court to make her look better and sandry's very much a "Eh, you can do what you want i just want us to be together we we already know a little bit about ambrose based on his reports on how sandry reacts to them about being you know super detailed and finicky and we get a little bit of that again with uh when he left a note that he had an emergency on the estate and that he'll come back soon and apologizes that things aren't in better order when uh it's it's literally super fucking nice and briar says what is his notion of better order perfection 
This place is fabulous. Well, he yes. has been living in Namorn under Empress Berenine. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess we can we can guess that she might. She likes perfection, apparently. Like that, yeah, yeah. Another thing that I liked when Triss remarks on Briar telling the traders that he drank tea with yak butter in uh, Gyeongchi. That reminded me of bulletproof coffee, which was a thing like yes. Yeah, four exactly or five years ago. I thought of. I'm sure someone did it before, but it wasn't a thing until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Let's talk about something you don't want to talk about: sex. Sex. Ew. <laughs> Wait, we don't want to talk about sex. I'm good. I don't need that in my life. Indeed, Briar very not Briar. Hey, look, I'm much like Tris in this aspect. I'd rather fucking read a book. Like I can do literally yeah. anything else with that five minutes five minutes oh five man. minutes <laughs> you're having the wrong kind of sex okay you <laughs> can see why you're uninterested then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like this part a lot lark and rose thorn like it mm-hmm. in one sentence in one sentence no period in the middle then it says frost pine likes it take I'm, from that what you will i am here for bisexual rose thorn i'm just saying what i wrote in my notes rose thorn fucks rose thorn and lark it hasn't ever mentioned anything about them but they live in the same place so obviously the kids have overheard them or something and we keep going with uh tris being up in her tower and getting puffs of air she went up there specifically to uh get glimpses of the city and instead she gets glimpses of Briar doing the things that Briar normally does these days. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's nasty. I that's... mean, Nico, like, you Nico know, did right? warn Triss that if she learned to scry on the wind, it might drive her crazy. Yep. Oh my god, we didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. This I could see just... why now, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I just don't think this was quite what... You might what... see things you don't want to see. I'm not 100% this was what Nico meant to buy that, but... Uh, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> Just another unforeseen consequence of scrying the wind. The part where Bri realizes that he's been lazy. He needed to practice because while he's been busy getting his... I'm not going to say that. Uh, while he's been busy getting it on with, with, with uh, you know, girls, uh, he should have been practicing his magic because he's been letting his skills go when he realizes that uh, Sandry's kind of on top of, like, security for the whole house and he just didn't even notice. Uh, he's been and brushing up on other skills. <laughs> brushing up on something. Uh, <laughs> brushing up on some girls. Exactly. He's like, wait a minute, I, I'm gonna tactically be in the presence of other like great mages here in this court. I better like not, I need to step it up. And yes, we did bring this one up. That's San, you know, right at the end that Sanders says that the Empress seems reasonable. I'm certain that, that when the time comes, I won't have to insist. I saw, you know, the narrator voice from uh, Arrested Development. She did have to insist. My first one is when the maid is flirting with Briar and she leans a little far too forward than necessary to get the spoon that he was using. And he he likes that very much. He gives her a grin and a wink. Uh, it reminded mm. me of if I get pulled over by a cop 
I noticed that it's like an old dude. I'll pull, I used to pull down my shirt and be like, I'm so sorry, officer. I won't do it again, I promise. Oh my God. I've never gotten a ticket, thankfully. What? My next one is that Briar snuck a girl into his room last night. What a, what a dog. Are we really surprised though? We're not surprised, but he didn't know that Sandry had made like a web everywhere security so she also knows not just tris but having her magic vision or whatever but like sandry also knows that said girl is in his room and you know daja knows because daja knows briar yes so all of you everybody is aware he's not sneaking nobody they all know they're not not knows. It's just discreet. There's a difference between sneaky and discreet. And at least he's being discreet. True. Knowledge truly is a curse. My next one is the housekeeper tells Tris, all the girls are careful about baby making and none of them are full enough to fall in love with the mage. They're just having fun. I want to know why falling in love with a mage is particularly bad. Hey, have you met the four? Yeah, but it didn't say one of those four mages. It said a mage, like in general. I, I feel like that's kind of just an overarching, like, hey guys, it's a bad idea because interesting characters. <laughs> They'd be getting into stuff and get asked to do dangerous things. I just yeah. assume it's it's like being the being married to like a firefighter or something. Yeah, there you go. My next one is Briar. He always makes an effort to get to know the cook. Old habits die hard. Started with mm-hmm. Gorse. Now he's getting friendly with this cook he he always makes sure where he's getting his meal from i was gonna say he he's also pretty personable to the vendors in street magic mm-hmm. yeah. so he he knows who they are where they are and is like hey go to this one this one has the best of this or go to this one this one has the best of this mm-hmm. so, he always makes sure that he gets good food listen there there are very few things that a teenage boy thinks of very and he thinks of both of them in this chapter and both of them are in this chapter <laughs> yeah possibly together in the case of the cook who knows yeah and and Really, do we have to say that it's only teenage boys? Because remember, Frostpine got both of those from Anusa. Yeah, no, that's yeah, true. My bad. <laughs> My bad. You, you have a I point. forgot about that. But, but Frostpine thinks about other things too, like nails. My next one is the teacher voice in Briar's head always managed to sound like Rose Thorn. And he thinks yes. that's funny. I'm like, how is that funny? Of course, that's the voice that's in your head. Duh. I thought it was funny. I specifically highlighted, you'd better practice, my lad. And I love the idea that this is the voice that he's hearing in his head is saying, my lad. Yeah. (laughs) My next one is, the man I marry would have to be very unusual. I doubt I'll meet him at court. (laughs) I understand that completely. (laughs) And then my last one is when Sandry straight up lies to her cousin's face. Ambrose tells Sandry, her imperial majesty does not invite me to intimate court occasions. Says that I'm very dry and boring. And she's like, well, she doesn't know you at all then. Like, whatever. You have constantly commented about how you think that this man is dry and boring as hell. And you just straight up lie to this man yes she definitely should in this case right now but i was gonna say straight up lie to him have you never told a white lie about oh no of course (laughs) i like you (laughs) 
if Daja hadn't been so overwhelmed herself, the sight of Triss menacing her way through such elegance like an offended cat might have given her a bad case of the giggles. I love that. Just the 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 offended <clears throat> cat. I have pissed off my cat so many times that I can visualize this. My cat gets huffy and it's adorable and I laugh at him every time. I don't bother them. But if they appreciate my attention, I'm hardly going to hurt their feelings. Also, they say you travel to gain experience. That's what I did. Personally, I think that the reason that Briar is now a horny college student has less to do with travel and gaining experience and a lot more to do with the fact that he is no longer 10 years old. Yes, also that. Also um, him taking his mind off of war. Yes, help. I, I will say that something else like really cracked me up about just this whole scene is Daja, perhaps not with Triss. You'd have to get her attention first and then she'd probably hit you with a book. And I'm like, that's a fucking mood. Yeah, that, that is a legit one though. Yeah, just the we think 18. So I actually kind of want to uh, focus on this one for a second. <clears throat> it's kind of funny. We talk about how they think that Briar's 18. If he's had all of this experience beforehand, this is like actively talking about how people who are underage thinks about sex and they they will participate in it. People should not expect people under the age of 18 not to think about it. I think that there needs to be discussions about it, that this whole idea of purity culture and how we're, we're traumatizing our children by introducing all of this sexual media and talking about sex. But we have horror movies that are PG-13 and here they are showing tits. Like, well, I'm also going to say that you traumatize your kid also by not talking about it ever too yeah. and being part of the purity culture. Yeah. I wore a purity ring up till I was 18. Yes, my parents talked about sex all the time. We knew that they had sex and all that, but it was hush, hush. You don't talk about it. You don't think about it. You promised to me and to God that you don't have sex until you're married. And that fucks up your mind. I'm all for discouraging it, but not making you like making someone who is younger feel like they've done something irrehensible like they have they have done just the worst thing in the world because at 16 they had sex another one of mine is the court may gossip if it likes it's of no consequence to me and i'm going to touch back on that one in a little bit but i just really love that what will you have me do here be a butterfly while you continue to do all the work again i feel like this just leads back to the conversation we just had about these societal expectations and yeah we're starting to get beyond that but that's still kind of the thought process of a lot of especially older people is that there are very strict gender role, or like roles and yeah, no, ugh, gross. Um, a board mage is trouble waiting to unfold. A board anything is <laughs> is trouble waiting to unfold. Yeah, I thought of my students idle, on that one. Idle hands are the devil's plaything. We saw that with uh, Lady Zanadia. She is bored. Yep. Mm. It doesn't have to be a mage. It's a board anything. <laughs> bored cat. Gilding on the edges of furniture, hardwood floors, polished like glass, the bathrooms with like crystal. I just love all the descriptions of how like wealthy and there's just so much. We haven't really gotten into this, but as I recall, Ambrose is a lesser noble. So like 
there's Berenine, there's Sandry, and Ambrose is below that. And this is already super fucking fancy. I don't know. On on some level, there's a part of me, like, maybe this isn't fair. Maybe I just like to pick on Triss. But on some level, there's a part of me that thinks Briar's got a little bit of a point that she's like complaining about this like display of wealth, but then she's also making people like climb to the tower. And I get like- I climb to the tower though. I mean, they don't have to do that. We already know this. I know, but they don't have to. They're used to not having all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a point. Um, I do feel on some level, like it's probably going to happen anyway, but it is true that Tris will probably try to cut down on that anyway. No. Namer needs cooking. We have spinach and sorrel soup. And then wine cooked trout as well. That was this whole shtick about like, oh yeah, I told you Namer needs cooking would take a while to get used to. I think it's interesting that they talk about Briar drinking yak tea, but they don't mention Dodge's experience in Namorin with tea. I was expecting it, but it did not come up. <laughs> I was like, oh man, we're about to go on another tangent about, <laughs> about tea. Briar flirting with literally everyone. Me, though. That's the thing I do that is Briar. I flirt with everybody. I just don't want to take them to bed. Oh, he does. He does, though. He does. (laughs) Tamara appears literally using the word sex, which is kind of awesome, and I feel like I don't see that a lot in books. Especially not for kids. Yeah, especially not YA. When was this? 2004? Five. When it was released, that was still like a super <gasps> topic because we didn't talk about sex to kids. That's why we have such shitty fucking se- sex ed. But this description from Daja, I just relate to this so well. I tried the kissing and the petting that time in Gansar and that other time in Anvarin. It just felt awkward. That one boy smelled of sweat and the other one had chapped lips. But Briar likes it. This was very much how I felt in college. I had lots of friends who openly talked about sex, flirted with anything that moved, may or may not have had lots of sex. I, I don't know what they were doing in their bedrooms. But for me, it was just like, yeah, I just don't feel interested. And so I really, really like that. The representation. We've got Briar, who is very sexual, and Daja, who is not so much. And I also appreciate the, the confusion that goes along with that. Then we get Triss talking to Chime about sex and her comment is I wish it was more to him than just just play it ought to mean more don't you think so then we also have this for her clearly like it's a more deeper connection it's a good argument to say that Triss is Femi because the way she talks about it sounds like she isn't necessarily like uninterested but it's not just something that she's just gonna go do for funsies with the cook the way Briar does. For her, it's something that's going to come out of a much deeper relationship. All of the representation and the fact that everybody has a different sexuality and it's fantastic. Later on, Tris thinking about how she doesn't really belong here. She says, I'm a merchant's daughter in clothes my rich friend made me. And I wrote, do you hear yourself? The fact that your rich friend literally made the clothes already makes this not a typical scenario right ambrose has mud on his hat rode hard and fast uh he also suggested that sandry i'm gonna punch you through my computer it's just the chapter for the sex jokes man <laughs> listen i've been keeping that's what she said for like the entire series okay this is the episode <laughs> right now he also suggests that sandry and gang need a week to rest which i don't know kind of surprised me 
I understand like having a couple of days, but a week just seems like a lot. They're used to dealing with nobles. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in the whole book, responsibility is my middle name. Droughtwort is my other middle name. And then we get that Briar is 18 and we talked about the dates and everything and determined that Sandry is still 17, which means we have answered the question of if Briar is the oldest or the youngest. And he's apparently the oldest. He old. Dang. I know. He's the oldest. Dang. We believe he's the oldest. (laughs) Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows for sure. Not even Briar. I thought it was cool that Briar could like do the thing where he saw Sandry's web of magic. We saw Triss do some stuff like that in Shatterglass. But this is the first time we've had the opportunity to see the other kids, any of the other kids do it. Sandry confirming that she and Briar do not belong together. Pointed look at Brittany. Hey, I've moved not on. O- it's fine. Not the OTP. I'm sure. yeah. I've moved on. It's okay. I thought it was funny that you pointed out how Sandry tells Ambrose, oh, well, she doesn't know you. You're an entertaining person or whatever after she's been complaining about him. Because half a page earlier, she tells him, I hardly ever say anything I don't mean. We have Hmm. the reference to mule breeding because everything about Sandry's family is stubborn, including their famous exports. I also really like the description that she has of Ambrose, similar to the description of Baronine, like just the way she does it, you immediately know this guy looks like Sandry. They are clearly related. The, The last thing is just, I wonder what Ambrose thinks of Sandry saying that she's gonna go. Because it's clear that he says, like, oh, well, the Empress isn't going to want you to leave. But I wonder, like, if he has any personal opinions on this that he's not sharing. I feel like he thinks that she ought to want to stay because most women are like, oh, I want to be waited on and all these things. She isn't like that. But most women that he has been around are like, oh, well, I love being rich and doing all these fancy things. So why shouldn't Sandry enjoy those things as well? So. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we talk about a theme or a message in the chapter. I'll start with the obvious. Sex. <laughs> yep, that was mine. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's kind of a lot of sex. There's discussions of sexuality, even if it's not spoken out loud. This is that chapter. And it is delightful. I guess it's just going to have to be uh, sex is bad. Horrible, horrible. This shouldn't be in the children's book. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that us as Americans just find like, you know, awkward to talk about with children because clearly it feels weird in our society. But it's it's one of those things where if you don't teach your kids what it is and what the consequences are in a straightforward scientific way, they're going to end up pregnant at 16. And then you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is not the better alternative. You know, ignorance is not the alternative to knowledge. But yeah, clearly sex, they're talking about it. With you saying that it's awkward to talk about with kids. Okay. It is It is definitely an awkward conversation to have with anybody, I feel. But why do we need a sexy Hardee's commercial of this lady in short-ass shorts and what is essentially a bra eating a hamburger on top of a car in a very sensual and sexy manner we have sex thrown down our throat in media all the time we do and Mm -hmm. it's it's bullshit frankly you can't talk about it in public pretty much at all unless it's for media consumption what we do in our society doesn't align with the traditional christian values are or anything it's uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense but Not, not knowledge is better than than not fucking knowing teach your kids about sex because otherwise they're going to learn from the streets and that's going to be so much worse and you're going to regret your decisions 140 percent agree part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage this is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives what magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? My personal magic is uh, to not underestimate 
your friends or your enemies. We see Sandry kind of do this and being like, oh, you know, the Empress is, well, I'll talk to her. Yeah, sure, she's used to getting stuff her way, but it'll be different with me. It'll, it'll be fine. I, I don't think she realizes the lengths the Empress may be willing to go to from that little sneak peek from the last chapter of her, like going through their dossiers, essentially. It, it does not sound like she wants to let them go. Whether or yeah, not yeah. that'll be trying to bribe them to stay there and like, you know, making, wow, Namor's super cool. I don't want to go to Amelon ever again. Or if it's going to be something more malicious. I, I don't know why. I've got some inkling that it's going to be malicious. I and like, like there is going to be actual conflict and not just like intrigue conflict. Like there's a fight happening at some point. I'm sure of it. I have a feeling it's probably going to start off nicely, but Sandra's going to be like, huh. And then she's not going to like that. It's, it's Sandry, what do you fucking expect? It's Sandry. This is the She's this a... is the child who bit someone. <laughs> Just saying, she is ready to throw yeah. hands at all times. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not like an adversarial thing yet, you need to keep an eye on people like that. If they could potentially be a threat to you in the future, keep an eye on them. Uh, Sun Tzu, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. You got to know what the, what's going on and what they're thinking because uh, you, know, you, you can't underestimate them. And same with, uh, you know, how Briar kind of doesn't pick up on Sandry's, you know, I don't want to say focus on magic, but like her abilities and her use of them like subtly that he doesn't even pick up on. Again, it's not like a uh, adversarial thing against Sandry and you know with with Sandry against Briar, but No, I feel like she uses that basically every day anyway with uh, living with Duke Vedris. The potential of being murdered all the time cuz he's a high-ranking noble and so she wants to protect him cuz people out there are probably want to kill him at all times. So she uses it more often than he does. Maybe should have been more aware of that before, just just to know. Kind of goes back to sneaking girls in. He probably wasn't aware that she knew. Maybe he knew that she knew. I don't think he, he did. Yeah, I don't think he did. He was not sneaky about it. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I should have realized that my sister that can use magical threads would be able to know if someone else came into the house at the end. You yeah. know, not necessarily like a, a danger thing, but something to be aware of. They mine is something I need to get better about. I think I'm good, but like I could definitely be a lot better about it. The court may gossip as it likes. It is of no consequence to me. I think it's because I'm constantly hostile that if I hear people talking shit, I'm automatically going to confront them. This is something that happens in my workplace a lot. The guard shack is just a, a cesspool of gossip and shit talking. My problem is, I think that I I read too much into it. I get mad about it. We all know here that like I have no qualms. If I say something behind your back, chances are that I'm going to say it to your face too. This is very apparent when I talk to my supervisor because she actually asked if I wanted to go back full time. And I was like, well, A, you told me I was going to be making 16 an hour and it's only 15. So that was a lie. Two, I'm making more money at my other job. And three, I get relieved on time every day because when I worked where she relieved me, she was 30 minutes to an hour late every fucking day. I have no qualms saying what I feel to your face, but I hear so much shit talking in my little circle at work and it's so frustrating because I get drug into it 
and then I get mad. I need to not be concerned with it. I know people talk about how shitty I am because I'm a pretty fucking awful person. And the reason I say I'm a pretty fucking awful person is because I tell people what I think. It doesn't matter if it hurts their feelings or not. And people don't like that. I, I need to be honestly less concerned with the bullshit and they take myself out of it and not deal with it. I can't just block the two people who drag me into the drama, but I can just be like, don't talk to me about it. I don't care. I'm not at work, but I don't and I need to. Well, mine is the same exact passage, (laughs) except mine is a little bit different than yours. I constantly do worry about what people say about me. So mine's the opposite of yours. You don't care. I care a whole, whole lot about what people say about me. So I feel like a lot of times I try to watch a lot of the things that I say, or I don't want to talk too much about myself or something because I feel like I can be very annoying. Mostly annoying, I guess, is what I feel most about myself. I did this thing and I think this person hates me now, or they think I'm annoying. I talk too much. I'm constantly worried about what other people think of me and I shouldn't care so much. That's their problem. I can say that's just me and move on. I feel like uh, I care too much sometimes and I shouldn't. Mine is don't put yourself between a man and his supper. <laughs> oh yeah. Real shit. I've- this is pretty this much is the, the whole real thing. Shit. I'm sure that that could be used like metaphorically as well. Like just, you know, when people need shit, don't be the person who stands in the way. Right. But immediately that line just jumped out at me when I read this chapter. It's a good one. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter five of The Will of the End. Sandraline, you look simply lovely. May I steal your seamstress? Offered the empress's hand, Sandry took it with an impish smile. I am my own seamstress, imperial majesty, she said, her blue eyes dancing. Otherwise, I just fuss over other people's work and redo their seams. So much better doing it myself and having it done right. Daja heard the quiet murmur behind them. Sandry heard it as well because she went on to say, her voice slightly raised, I am a stitchwitch after all. The reports of your skills hardly describe a humble stitchwitch. The 60-year-old woman who stood behind the empress wore a medallion of her own. Daja and the others didn't need it to mark the woman out as a mage. Power blazed from her in their magical vision. Power as great as that shown by any of their main teachers at Winding Circle. Despite her power as a mage and her obvious position of trust, she was dressed simply in a white undergown with a black sleeveless overgown. Apart from jet earrings and her medallion, only her, her only ornaments were the black embroideries on the white linen of her gown. Vimi's Ishabal, forgive me, said Baronine, though her eyes were still on the floor, watching their reactions. Cousin, Vimises, Vignane, may I present to you the chief of my court mages, Vimis Ishabal Ladyhammer. Ishabal, my dear, my cousin, Cleheim Sandraline Fatorin, and her foster family, Vimis Daja Kasubo of Kugiskin fame. Daja looked down, embarrassed. She had done a few very noisy, messy things in Kugisko. Baronine's chief mage would surely know exactly what they had been and how foolishly Daja had behaved for things to get so messy. Baronine continued, Vimis Trasana Chandler, 
Tris bobbed another curtsy without taking her eyes from Ishabal. The empress smiled and added, Envinian Briar Moss. Her eyes caressed Briar as he bowed. For a moment, Dasha considered sending the thought, now he's going to be insufferable for weeks to the other two girls, but she stopped herself. If I start, they'll want to stay in contact all the time until they stop wanting to and they shut me out, she told herself. No contact is better. It's an honor to meet you, Vimis, Lady Hammer, replied Sandry with courtesy. Your fame extends well beyond Emelon. I remember mother talking about you. I told her not to go snooping in my workroom, the mage said graciously. Your mother was always one to learn the hard way. Ishabal Lady Hammer was silver-haired, with deep-set dark eyes and a straight nose. Her mouth was elegantly curved and unpainted. In fact, she wore no makeup at all, unlike other women at court. Your fame, too, has come to us, she said, looking at each of the four. It will be interesting to speak with you. I know of no other mages who received their credentials so young. It was as much to keep a leash on us as to say we could practice magic, Vimis, Briar said casually. We're still just kids at heart. That would be frightening, Ishabal replied, her voice and eyes calm. A kid such as you claim to be would not have been able to destroy the home of a noble Chimurin family in the course of a few hours' time, and without wrecking the city around it. Briar shrugged. I had help, and the place was old. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on Acast. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Dear listeners, the content of this chapter is heavily heavy. I cannot fucking speak today. There, there's your content warning. (laughs) (laughs) Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.